Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash my money health check. Hello and welcome. I'm Rob Lilly and this is the Witch Shorts podcast. It's good to be back with another episode and if you're a new listener, welcome. Or if you've already heard one of our previous episodes, then welcome back. This week, as every week, here on Witch Shorts, we bring you the very best articles from across Witch, covering everything from tech and garden advice to travel, money and more. Don't forget to subscribe as well so you don't miss a new episode every single Wednesday and do leave us a rating and a review too wherever you're listening. Now this week we visit some of the lesser known parts of the Canary Islands, taking the bus into the tourist free depths of Tenerife and exploring the hidden ancient rainforests of La Gomera. To read us this article, originally written by Trevor Baker, I'll hand you over to Angus Farker. something to be said for arriving on holiday after dark. It means that when we open the shutters on the first morning in Tenerife, it's like waking up into the colourful pages of a child's picture book. Most visitors to the island will experience the same hit of pure, bright sunlight, even if it's bouncing off the concrete hotels and garish bars that ring the south. But what they won't get is the accompanying splash of colour. Where we are in the Guimar Valley, a 25-minute taxi ride north of the airport, the surroundings are less budget holiday resorts and more tropical paradise. Outside the window are yellow azaleas, pink and white oleander, palm trees and vivid green cactus. Stepping into the garden through the doors of our room, mottled lizards scurry away from the slabs of sun-warmed volcanic rock that edge the flower beds. Hotel Rural Finca Salamanca and its spectacular gardens is our jumping-off point for a trip that'll take us to one of Spain's most beautiful towns, into the foothills of a volcano, and down into sun-drenched rock pools formed three centuries ago, in a few weeks of utter destruction. It's also a trip that we'll do, against the advice of most guidebooks, almost entirely by bus. The main towns are well-connected and often not great for parking. One thing to know about Tenerife is that the touristy part is smaller than you'd think. Drive west from the airport, 45 minutes along the coast, and you'll tick off almost every kebab shop, Irish pub and theme bar it has to offer. Head northeast on the bus, as we did, and you'll find most of the island consists of mountainous interior, farmland and towns where real life carries on uninterrupted. Take San Cristobal de Laguna, 15 minutes drive from the capital, Santa Cruz. It has avoided the excesses of mass tourism by not having a beach. Even the laguna it's named for disappeared years ago. The result is a town that's beautiful for its own sake rather than to entice tourists. The centre is made up of shops in pastel colours, colonial-style merchant houses and pretty churches. 
Jacaranda petals float on the breeze like confetti, and almost careless avenues and cobbled alleyways feel like they're just waiting for a procession. Yet, much of the appeal of a place like this is the way it allows you to enjoy the simple pleasures of ordinary Canarian life. We have lunch in a bar, Bodegan Viana, with its yellow faded poster of Jesus, dated Easter 1992 on the wall, and a TV showing The Simpsons with the sound turned off. But who needs fancy decor, as the red and white paper tablecloth creases under portions of wrinkly, aromatic Tenerife potatoes, crunchy fried fish, calamari and big, earthy dishes like huevos rotos, scrambled eggs with chorizo. As we walk off lunch, it's clear there are plenty of things to see in La Laguna, but they're hardly chasing your tourist money. We arrive at one beauty spot, the Church of the Immaculate Conception, as it's about to shut. The guide reassures us that as she has the key, nobody will be throwing us out. Two euros each and a breathless climb up the church tower later and we're looking out over a town that seems almost literally like a halfway point between Latin America and Andalusia. There are carved wooden balconies and warm colours, the inspiration for architecture you might see in Cuba or Colombia, but also the same sensuous curved tiles you'll spot on church roofs in Seville or Cordoba. In La Laguna, even the local market hasn't been turned into a tourist site, as so many have in, say, Madrid or Barcelona. You can buy luganeros, puff pastry filled with guava fruit, or prop up the bar and drink in the sights and sounds. But the star of the show is the produce. There's gleamingly fresh fish, as well as stalls piled with mango, papaya, lychee and other fruits rarely grown in Europe, uniting the produce of Spain, Africa and the Americas in one colourful display. But if La Laguna is a mix of cultures, when we head north we find something that's unique to Tenerife. As we wind along the coastal roads, the island's central peak, Mount Teide, looks like a volcano sketched for a child. It's a neat triangle with the top cut off. It doesn't take much to imagine smoke and fire pouring out, as it's done so many times in the creation of this island. We stop in the foothills of La Orotava, a town where hikers come to start or end their walks amid the colourful colonial architecture. Cobbled alleyways offer views down steep slopes to the sea, and the clouds swirling below make us feel we are approaching the top of the world. In the terrace bar in the Plaza de la Constitución, where an impromptu parliament of white-haired gents in near-identical Czech shirts wave sticks at each other and debate the day's news with mock ferocity and hilarity like ageing gods in a comedy sketch. For our last destination, we visit what should be one of the saddest towns in the world. Garaccio was Tenerife's most important port until 5th of May 1706, when all hell broke loose. Seven separate lava flows poured down the hill, with people forced to flee as it buried much of the original town to create a new rocky outcrop of solid lava. On the winding coast road from La Oratava, we see the result. Black rock litters the shore and the sea like ash, as though some giant version of those gods we met in La Oratava tapped a mighty cigar against the hills. The biggest chunk of volcanic stone, known simply as El Rock, the rock, greets us as we enter the smashed port. It's incredible to imagine the splash it must have made as it landed in the sea. Garaccio, however, isn't a sad town. Miraculously, nobody was killed in the eruption, and two years later it was rebuilt as it is now. And who could be sad? 
sitting eating fried prawns on sticks as though they were ice lollies in the wonderful Cañada de Garachico restaurant or sipping a small Spanish beer in the friendly central square. The destruction also created a perfect natural pleasure park in the shape of a series of interconnected rock pools, replenished by the Atlantic at high tide. One pool is left to the hardiest locals, who dive in and do laps in its cold depths. We choose instead to lie back in one of the small, shallow scoops of water, warmed by the afternoon sun, until it's almost like a hot tub. There are plenty of other visitors lazing in the waters and watching the crabs scuttle along the black rocks, but there are few Brits. Garaccio is around 30 miles from the resorts southwest of here, but by road it's a long, winding journey through the mountains. That's kept it relatively hidden so far, as the sun sets over the Atlantic, with only the crashing waves between us and the distant Americas, we have one little pool all to ourselves. If you really want to find the hidden canaries, you'll need to leave the best-known islands. Less than an hour west of Tenerife, setting out from Los Cristianos ferry port, there's a very different island, La Gomera. On the plush Fred Olsen Express Ferry, it doesn't take long, 50 minutes, for the jagged hills of southern Tenerife to fade into the clouds and the cliffs of San Sebastian de la Gomera to appear. San Sebastian is the capital, yet it has just 9,000 people, almost half the population of the whole island, compared with almost one million in Tenerife. Nothing much happens here, and that suits us fine. That's not to say it's boring. The people here love to talk. On a sunset walk up to our Parador Hotel, on a cliff above the pastel houses, an old man falls into step with us, chatting away with the air of somebody who's always confident he'll have an audience. At a tapas bar, Pincho Pincho, a small boy at the next table proudly shows off his plasticine figures with the same disarming desire to make friends. The reason for our visit is to head up into a rainforest that is close to being unique on Earth. The Garagione National Park dominates the centre of the island. Until the 1970s, it didn't even have any proper roads. Even now, you could easily get lost in the tracks and trails that wind through it. That's why we pay a guide to take us through the forest. It's worth the money. One is a kind of Spanish David Bellamy, complete with straggly white beard, as well as an encyclopedic knowledge and love of the local plants and wildlife. After he picks us up from the hotel in his 4x4, we rumble through the landscape of starkly beautiful hills that's initially not so different from southern Tenerife. Then we start to see strange pillars of rock like chimneys. There was no volcano here, one says. When there were eruptions, the rock just thrust its way through the ground at its weakest points. One organises treks according to the fitness and enthusiasm of his clients. We choose a leisurely stroll that, nevertheless, plunges us deep into the forest with its own swirling magical aura of mist. This is the kind of laurel woodland that, before the last ice age, covered much of southern Europe. Now it clings on here and few other places. The sense of being in a forgotten Eden, light filtering through a thick canopy of leaves, grows when we walk along a narrow track to have a picnic next to the hermitage deep in the forest. Soon, the chaffinches that have crossed our path along the way have hopped over to us and are literally eating breadcrumbs from our cupped hands. Under the mysterious rainforest cloud, the temperature at least five degrees lower than in San Sebastian, we have few of the obvious pleasures that make people flock to the canaries. 
There's no beach, no bar, no holiday makers except us. Yet this spectacular idyll is a reminder of how good a trip can be when you choose to go off-piste. For both islands, fly to South Tenerife Airport. There are good road connections to the capital, Santa Cruz, if you're driving 38 minutes or by bus one hour. From here, you can get regular buses to La Laguna, 15 minutes, and La Oratava, 38 minutes. Garaccio is another 40 minutes by car or around an hour by bus from La Oratava. Ferries to La Gomera depart from Los Cristianos about 15 minutes from the airport, take 50 minutes and cost 90 euros return. Thank you to Angus and to Trevor Baker too, whose original work was published in the September issue of the Witch Travel magazine. Remember, you can find more articles you'll find useful every day on everything from money and technology to home and garden advice by signing up to one of our many free email newsletters. And you can do that at witch.co.uk forward slash newsletters. We'll be back next week for another episode of Witch Shorts. Thanks for listening. Witch Shorts was produced by me, Rob Lilly, while the exec producer was Angus Farker.